Welcome in everyone to the Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm Chase Goodbread, the sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News and the weekly co-host of Crimson Cover Television on WVUA 23. I am joined as always by Travis Ryer, the senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. Now you can get Talking Tide podcast through our Twitter feed. Links always there. The handle, of course, is Talking underscore Tide. And get the show through whatever podcasting app you prefer, including Apple Podcasts, also available live on YouTube and Facebook. A quick thanks to our sponsors, DraftKings, Peterbrook Chocolatier of Tuscaloosa, and North River Dental Associates. More on them later in the program. Travis, we uh, commence a little bit earlier than usual here for this midweeker previewing Alabama and Ole Miss. It's another road tilt for the Crimson Tide coming off that disappointing loss to LSU. 2.30 p.m. kickoff on CBS at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Alabama coming in 7-2, 4-2 in the league. Ole Miss 8-1 and 4-1 and and in league play. And Travis, a, a, a little bit different and unique challenge for Alabama taking on Ole Miss this year, uh, which – in the past, in the recent past, even in the more than recent past, uh, likes to throw it all over the field. Hadn't so much been the case this season. Lane Kiffin has decided to grind it out with a, a running game, which I don't think much of anybody uh, has expected. But he's been very, very successful with it. Ole Miss leads the SEC in rushing yards per game by a pretty stout margin. I think 30, 35 yards or so per game over the next best rushing team and Alabama and we usually start by talking about Alabama's offense I guess we'll start with the defense this time around but Alabama hadn't been great stopping the run gave up almost 200 yards in in each of its two losses so that's for me anyway that's kind of where this one starts with this game for Alabama yeah and really when you look at Lane's time at Ole Miss two of the three seasons that he's been in Oxford Ole Miss has actually led the SEC in rushing 2020, Alabama went over to Oxford and, what, two 100-yard rushers for Ole Miss. Now, the tempo and the way that they did throw the football around with Matt Corral was very notable, but you're right, especially this time, even with an entirely new backfield, Quinshawn Judkins and um, Zach Evans. I mean, those guys have been tremendous. Judkins, a true freshman, is over 1,000 rushing yards now, so – Alabama did a nice job in Tuscaloosa slowing down that Ole Miss rushing attack a year ago. We'll see if they can rebound from catastrophic loss in Baton Rouge and and have the psyche and sort of intestinal willpower to do what's needed to be done this week. Yeah, the rushing tandem has been outstanding in Oxford. Judkins, you mentioned the Alabama native. Nick Saban asked about him on the SEC Weekly Teleconference here on Wednesday uh, flat out said it'd be nice if he was on our team, he said. <laughs> uh, he did say they gave him a look. Uh, you don't often see um, Alabama get burned by an in-state guy. Uh, and, of course, Alabama took a couple backs last year that I think they're pretty high on for the future. But Judkins, the future with him is now 13 touchdowns. And if you stack up his numbers with Evans, it, it, it looks like a daggum Derrick Henry year or something. The two of them together – uh, 288 carries for, uh, I'm, I'm estimating here, roughly 1,700 yards with three games to go and 20 touchdowns between them. Uh, and Jackson Dart can run it a little bit for you with the keepers. 
with the zone read option stuff. So uh, a lot on the plate for this front seven. And and I, I asked DeMarco Hellams uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, if, if it looked like a little bit of a different challenge for he and Jordan Battle, who typically are going to be in coverage a lot of the time it's at the safety position for this game. You know, you'd think they, those two would get to play downhill a little bit and just, and just think about um, closing gaps and, and, and making tackles. Uh, the answer I got was, was kind of a non-answer, which is kind of the order of the day now with Alabama player interviews, unfortunately. But uh, those guys are going to have to be active, especially if Ole Miss gets a hat on a hat up front. Yeah, Helms and Battle in the win over Ole Miss last season combined for 20 tackles. So that's a lot of tackle production uh, against that that Ole Miss run game. And they did a nice job. Ole Miss averaged less than 2.5 yards per carry in that game. But, you know, it's it's on Henry Toa and Jalen Moody and the outside guys, too, where the zone read is involved to be better than they were a week ago. Jackson Dart, in terms of explosive playability, certainly is not Jaden Daniels. And it's kind of it's kind of interesting to look at Jackson Dart. This guy was a quarterback at USC where you don't think about those guys um, as much on the ground. He comes to Ole Miss, and now he's averaging a little under six yards per carry. So, you know, this is a run game. It's last time out, put 391 yards on Texas A&M. Judkins went over 200 himself. Uh, there's plenty of reasons to be concerned. Uh, again, though, I think it starts as much with psyche for that side of the ball because the the pieces are there. You basically stopped this run game a year ago with a lot of the same guys, so you know what's coming. Um, that's why I tend to lean more to what's in the head and what's in the heart of this group for this week. Yeah, uh, the way Alabama's kind of been relegated out of the SEC race and certainly the national championship race, you kind of got to wonder how they're going to respond emotionally uh, on the road. Again, the road is where they've had so many problems with penalties. They've lost both their games on the road. Uh, it's uh, uh, it's going to be a topic of discussion for sure to see how this team uh, finishes. You're going to be looking for – you know, you look for body language, Travis, in games like this. You look for, you, you know, you, things go bad for Alabama. Fingers come out, right? Uh, guys get a little more chatty with each other. Uh, you could just, you could just see it uh, between the snaps. I think you noted uh, some pretty bad body language even in the LSU game. So yeah. uh, th- those are things to that, that sometimes can offer a key of an indicator on where this team is at mentally. Cultural indicators. And it's something we haven't really had to talk about much under Nick Saban at Alabama because Alabama just hasn't been in this kind of situation this early in the season. So absolutely, not just on the defensive side, but I thought I saw it more even with the offense in the third quarter against LSU uh, than the defense. And, um, you know, they need someone to step up and provide sparks. I like Bryce Young as a leader. I think he does it probably more by example. I think he's very respected uh, defensively. I think there are a couple of those kind of guys, but man, this is where it's really got to show up because if it doesn't, you know, you saw a couple of years ago what Lane Kiffin in his third game at Ole Miss was able to do in terms of putting that Alabama team in an early hole. Put this team in an early hole. I don't know if anybody really likes its chances of digging out. 
Alabama, a 12-point favorite again in this one. Double-digit favorite once again. That betting public, Travis, just can't get enough. Just, just can't get enough oh. Alabama. Uh, I'm going to be giving out Ole Miss plus the 12 this week. Should have given out LSU plus the 12 last week. I did not. Uh, suffered my second loss of the season with that weekly pick uh, that I pop into the T News. But, yeah, it, it's uh, it, it, the, the residual respect that Alabama seems to get from – People that like to take their cash to the window uh, continues to uh, be a head scratcher, at least for me. Uh, but the but stop of the run, defend, just to wrap up Alabama defensively, stop of the run, it starts there. Jackson Dart will throw a pick here and there. Yeah, he, he will. He, he will make a bad decision here and there. And Alabama needs to put him in a spot where he's got to win the game from the pocket. If they can do that defensively, I think they'll be okay. Uh, but that's, that's going to be a tall order because Lane Kiffin's not going to abandon the running game, which has been his bread and butter this year, like you might expect a Lane Kiffin to do with other teams and other seasons. And it goes back to complimentary football that I've been talking about over the last few days and that with this Alabama team, especially if you're Lane Kiffin, I don't think you're going to feel pressured to get away from the run because we've seen from this offense that it can go multiple series in a row like it did at LSU uh, to start that game last Saturday night with the pick and then the three three and outs essentially right behind it that um, you, you shouldn't feel uh, pressured even if it is Alabama that gets out in front Saturday you can still be who you are because it just seems like there's going to come that sort of drought on one side of the ball or both or who knows when it's going to happen but yeah I don't I don't anticipate um, Ole Miss straying too far from that run game. But if they do, I like their wide receivers. I mean, Jonathan Mingo, um, they bring in Malik Heath from Mississippi State, a transfer, Jordan Watkins, a transfer from Louisville. They got three guys. And so, you know, I got to think once again, we're going to see those corners. If it's Eli Ricks to go along with Kool-Aid McKinstry, probably going to be putting those guys in a lot of man-to-man situations to do, as you talked about earlier, maybe get those safeties involved in that run game. Mingo's a tough cover too. He, he, 6'2", he is, 225, yeah. Yeah. He's he's got that AJ Brown build and mm-hmm. uh it's not gonna be uh he's he's not easy to deal with. He's and but that dart spreads it around a little bit. It's not like you know, with a no. lot of Lane Kiffin teams, you see one wide out really, really dominant, really like really a Mari Cooper in two thousand fourteen. I exactly. mean, that's the prime example of that. Yeah. It sure is. But uh uh, Dark kind of spreads it around. Mingo definitely a dangerous guy. Offensively for Alabama, Travis Bryce Young coming off the first sub-50% completion game of his career. Um, did not look good against LSU, frankly, uh, and, and despite the, the gutsy finish. Uh, the velocity was down. We talked about that on the Sunday nighter. The accuracy was most definitely off. And so uh, – and. Look, we've seen this Alabama team enough to know that it's it's going to be put on his shoulders again. That's where this offense is going to begin and end. And so uh, how he looks and how he feels coming out of the gate in the first quarter, uh, that's that's what you got to be watching for on offense. Yeah, and an Ole Miss defense that gets after the quarterback pretty good. I mean, their numbers in conference play aren't exactly what they are. Uh, in non-con, when you talk about sacks, 12 sacks and five league games, one of the bigger problems, and this is where I think 
Ole Miss looks at the Alabama offense and thinks in some ways it gets a breather this week is that you don't have to account for quarterback runs like you had to when Jaden Daniels lit them up a couple of weeks ago in Baton Rouge. So um, it's very much pocket-centric, as we've talked about. They don't really have elements of this offense that comes off of the run game and maybe moves Bryce and moves the launch point and creates some easier opportunities. I think they're blocking deficient on the perimeter, which takes away some of those easy explosives that we're used to seeing from the Alabama offense. So it's a passing game right now, as we've talked about, has to really work hard for everything it gets. And so another week, and you also wonder, what's that rotation going to look like? Yeah, you anticipate Ja'Cory Brooks being featured once again, but Jermaine Burton, Isaiah Bond, JoJo Earl, uh, does Trayshawn Holden reappear? You know, we're going into the 10th game of the season, and there's still a lot of questions about that. Yep. Uh, Young having a mate. And you know what I'm going to do when I, when I get to Vaughn Hemingway, Travis? One of the things I'm going to make when, when I put some notes down from the press box, I'm going to count how many explosive pass plays for Alabama come from the pocket versus off the scramble. Yeah. Uh, because I think that's a little bit telling. It's telling on – how well the receivers are getting open, which as, as we know, hadn't really happened. They've struggled with that for most of the season. Uh, it's telling on, on, on Bryce young. He's more comfortable Travis with the scramble than he is in the pocket. And frankly, I think the pass protection on the whole has been better than the wide receivers have been getting open. Uh, I, I felt that way from the Texas game pretty much. Yeah. I agree with you there. And, um, no, I, it's it's the situation where Cam Latou, you got to get involved, right, to go along with those guys on the outside. And they did have the 65-yarder to Jason McClellan last week on an angle route that, you know, he kind of beat a blitz there and hit a big play. But, you know, more consistency in the passing game, really the offense in general, the empty carries, because, you know, we look at Alabama's yards per carry numbers and looks really good, but they're only running it 34 times a game. They ran it 50 times against Ole Miss last year. I mean, that, that that's a lot. And it helped them manage possession for 40 minutes of that game, which was huge in going against that Ole Miss offense. So, again, complimentary football. But this team right now, uh, with an emphasis on offense, defense, special teams, they, they don't have that look. No, no. You, you look at you look at Jameer Gibbs's yards per carry, and you think, okay, you know that that's 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 where they need to turn. But a, they don't give him the ball enough, in my opinion. And I know they throw it to him a lot. I get that, but I I, I think more runs to Gibbs is is in order. And the offensive line, you know, I just complimented the the, the pass protection, which I think has been okay overall. I think a lot of times when Bryce Young leaves the pocket, he's He's seeing ghosts a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but uh, they're inconsistent as a run blocking line. And so that's why you end up with a 6.6 yard per carry average for Gibbs last week against LSU, for instance, uh, where you get maybe two or three explosive plays, but then you get shut down the rest of the night. The, the yeah. Alabama offenses that have been successful in the past, they could bully you for four anytime they need to. And that, that's not been there all year with this offense. No, this isn't a Brian Robinson run game at all. 
it's the antithesis. And there's part of me that thinks, you know, look, Jameer's not a 20 plus carry guy. He's not built that way. Um, you know, he's not a between the tackles grinder like we're talking about with with Brian and some other guys. But then you mix in the fact that he caught eight balls last week and he's 23 touches. So, you know, you're getting it to him, but it's just more perimeter based. It seems like everything he does is perimeter based for the most part. And that's where they miss a compliment right now. You know, Jace was looking like he was going to be that guy early in the season. And he had a bit of a setback against Arkansas. Doesn't seem like he's been the same since. Uh, now they're using Roy Dell Williams in a situational role a lot as a short yardage guy. But in terms of a guy that they can turn and hand it to 10, 12, 15 times a game between the tackles, I don't think they have that guy right now. No, no, they definitely do not. All right, the Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Cast Network rolls on. We're going to thank a couple of sponsors here really quickly. We're going to start – Telling you about North River Dental Associates, Dr. Jack Smalley, that great staff of dental hygienists. You know where he's at, right off of Watermelon Road at 1100 Fairfax Park. Super convenient location, in and out the door on a routine cleaning, typically in under an hour. There's usually nobody or maybe one person in the waiting room, so you're not going to be sitting around all morning uh, to get your routine teeth cleaning. You got to get it done twice a year and you got to do it with Dr. Jack. Also, cosmetic dentistry, laser dentistry, endodontics, and teeth whitening services available at North River as well. And of course, Botox and Juvederm treatments to tighten up those facial features. Give them a call. The number is 752-3506, or you can go online and make an appointment at NorthRiverDentist.com. It is North River Dental Associates. Going to tell you about Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Get by there today. Check in with Heather and the crew. They've got those ready for you right now. Those daily hand-dipped chocolate strawberries, whether you like the white chocolate, the dark chocolate, the milk chocolate, they can take care of those for you. Still got those Roll Tide treats as well at Peterbrook Chocolatier with another big game weekend upon us of course the holiday season is here it's here so whether it's thanksgiving whether it's christmas if you really want to take that holiday spread or that holiday party to another level give peterbrook chocolatier a call at 205-752-0211 get that order in today and they'll get you taken care of peterbrook chocolatier 1530 mcfarland boulevard north in the indian hill section of tuscaloosa I got. I tell you what, in the in the fourth quarter of the of the calendar year, Travis, with Halloween, yeah, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, uh, the the feast. and then Valentine's Day is right behind it. Yeah, yeah. The the, the at yeah. this time of year, Amen, Amen Corner. Yeah, <laughs> you need some hustle over there. Yeah. Oh, they're 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 getting some. Yeah, Coach <laughs> Coach has in there, so they're they're getting it. You can't beat it. All right, finally going to tell you about our corporate sponsor. That would be DraftKings. Hey, you got to download that DraftKings Sportsbook app. Do it now. It's the official sports betting partner of the NFL. And right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. You want to make things even sweeter, just throw down on those stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Can't beat it at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Use the promo code TPPN. 
that'll get you that $200 in free bets if you can win a $5 bet uh, out of the gate. So download that DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Again, the promo code is TPPN. Get $200 in free bets if your team wins off of a $5 bet on any NFL game only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Travis, will uh, take a quick look around the SEC schedule this weekend. I guess uh, coming off the Tennessee-Georgia slash Alabama-LSU slate, uh, no slate can, can look all that appealing. Uh, but LSU, uh, as we said, in the driver's seat for the SEC West, they now go on the road to Arkansas, a game they ought to win. Arkansas reeling right now. Just lost to Liberty at home in fairly embarrassing fashion. They ended up making that a close game, but they really got their butts beat by Liberty for about three quarters in that one. Um, your thoughts, can Arkansas find it in them, especially defensively where they've struggled the most, uh, to, to pull off an upset of the Tigers at home? I think they can. I don't think they necessarily will. Um but you're right. That was not a pretty performance against Liberty. And understanding Liberty's a good football team. I think Liberty's eight and one now under Hugh Freeze. Um, but I, I've got bigger concerns about the health of KJ Jefferson right now. Sounds like he's pretty beaten up at this point in the season. And so if he's either really limited or can't go, uh, that helps LSU obviously a good bit. And this is where I probably trust LSU more than I would have with Les Miles or Ed Orgeron is with Brian Kelly as the head coach. I think he is the kind of coach you want in this situation when you're trying to close things out more so than maybe those other two guys. So, yeah, uh, it wouldn't seem to be an ideal setup for Arkansas, but we've seen crazier things in the West this time of year in the past, right? I, we have, and I was kind of scratching my head skipping through those lines today. LSU's only favored by three and a half. I would have pegged them to be a double-digit favorite over Arkansas, uh, but uh, no, only only for now anyway. Struggled, we struggled on the road at, at Auburn, struggled on the road at Florida. I mean, yeah. scored 45 points, I think, at Florida, but could have lost that game. So a little different deal when you take it on the road. I guess. I guess. I think it helps LSU though that it is a 11 a.m. kickoff. I do like that for them. Right. Um, right. Kind of similar to what happened to them with Tennessee when that was an 11 a.m. kickoff and the balls went in there and absolutely mauled LSU. South Carolina on the road at Florida. There's your uh, your Rattler v. Richardson quarterback <laughs> matchup, Travis. Uh, the Gamecocks under uh, Shane Beamer. Trying to take one on the road against a Florida team that's been pretty disappointing. Uh, to me, this one's a toss-up, especially when you consider how good South Carolina is on special teams, which tends to be something you do well, whether you're home or away. I, I, I think the Gamecocks could get this one. I think they could. Um, you know, it's it's a big issue of trust for both the quarterbacks in this game. You know, with Spencer Rattler and Anthony Richardson. And um, I'm going to go Florida at home. I think Florida, uh, they had to have that win last week with Texas A&M riddled by the flu. That was that was a bigger win for Billy Napier than people probably realize because that was one of those, you lose that one, the, the wolves start coming out, yeah. understanding the situation Texas A&M was in. But I'll take the Gators at home. 
Texas A&M at Auburn. Uh, two programs where uh, things have gone absolutely straight downhill. Uh, these weekly power rankings that I do uh, in the in the USA Today region, I've, I've got them. Uh, I think I got Auburn 13th in the league and Texas A&M 12th. Um, I like Texas A&M, I guess, with Connor Wiegman presumably coming back uh, from the flu. Auburn, though, always a tough place to play. Give me Texas A&M, but boy, uh, what a what a rough spot. What a rough year for both of these programs. Yeah, State wrapped up the Agricultural Cup, as I like to call it, last week with the win over Auburn. So this is for second in the Ag Cup. Um, I'm, I tend to lean with you with Wiegman back in the lineup for A&M, uh, but I kind of like the juice that Cadillac Williams is kind of infused into this team and how they continued to fight uh, even in that loss to Mississippi State last week. Playing at home, I think there's a better chance, as crazy as this may sound, with Cadillac Williams as the head coach than there would be with Brian Harson. And I say that because I think there will actually be some energy in the stadium and on that sideline, more importantly. But I'm going to I'm going to lean with you. I, I know better. I don't always do better. So give me Jimbo. You got him. That's uh, going to do it for this edition <laughs> of the Talking Tide podcast. Thank you for joining us, viewers and listeners alike. Be sure to join us once again for the Sunday Nighter when we recap Alabama's road game at Ole Miss. For Travis Ryer, the senior analyst at BamaOnline.com, I'm Chase Goodbread, sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News, co-host of Crimson Cover Television. And we'll talk to you next time right here on Talking Tide.